Welcome to another episode of Mistress Mia's Dungeon with your hostess, the mistress of misogyny, the master of mistresses, the mocker of men, the maker of mayhem, the model of mischief, the madam of madness, Mistress Mia! Woo! <laughs> Crazy fuckers! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, you liked it. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> Do you want to introduce us now? No, that was too much. Okay. Yeah, that took us a while to put together. I was going to say. I thought it was creative. It was a collaborative team effort. It sounded as if it was. We were driving. I was fine. We were driving. I, sure <laughs> I think to the burlesque show. To the burlesque show. She's like, oh, what's an M do. word to describe Mia as a misogynist? She's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and it went from there. It all went down the hill from there. Apparently. I'm going to call you two the Dazzling Duo. <laughs> the, oh. Mm, dazzling. Wonder Twin powers activate. Activate. Okay. So today, oh. we're going to read text messages. All right. Okay. So today's text message, I have a selfie. With Jimmy Buffett. Okay. I'm pretty proud of this thing. I show it to my friends. Yes. So I, I sent it to Misty. And she said... Oh, look at you with glasses. Where are they? Do you need them? You were so cute. Face with hearts around it. I think you were excited to be with Jimmy Buffett. Look at how hard your nipples are. <laughs> Smiley face. Koi face, yep. yeah, and dragon heart. They're always hard, lol. I love them. I want to pinch them. I want to squeeze them and suck and nibble on them. <laughs> Yummy. With a drool face. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I came all over two fingers when you talked about having to have a cock in me to come. Thank you, sir, for letting me come. Kissy lips and dragon hearts. Oh, baby. <laughs> with, with the little heart faces, three heart faces. Good night, my sexy dragon. Good night, baby. Heart face, kiss, kiss. Wink. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that's been reading text messages. Gross. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> You're just jealous. Totally. Oh. oh, we'll send you one like that. Okay, you do that. Thank you, Mistress Mia, for letting me come. Oh, we we should continue. So we went to bed. We wake up the next morning. Okay. I send her a TikTok of Elmo, and she writes Elmo with a smiley face. And then what do you say? Good morning, baby. I can't wait to see you. Good morning, baby. Exclamation point, kissy face. I'm on a mission to get home today. Awesome. I'm going to refrain from texting you. I'll see you when you get home. Sexy lips kissing, 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 kissing. Kissing, kissing. Kissing, kissing. <laughs> texting me does not slow me down, baby. You better text me. Kiss face. Oh, well then. Yes, sir. Face with hard eyes. Good girl. Oh, 
That immediately made my nipples hard and my heart flutter. Thank you, sir. <laughs> oh my God. Heart face, dragon heart, kissy face. You'll love today's podcast then. <laughs> I heard you say last night that I was a good girl. I melted then to a puddle. <laughs> I can't wait to see you, baby. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. It's ridiculous how much I want you. <laughs> Wasn't that great? (laughs) You know, it was good for me. We should (laughs) saccharin. We should have told our listeners at the beginning that they need to go actually go grab a bucket just in case they need to vomit, (laughs) or you know, get a shot of insulin in case. So sweet, make me want to throw up. Yes. Okay. Oh my god. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Okay. Well then. So kids, what are we talking about tonight? We have our expert with us tonight. We do. And she's an expert on subdrop. I am. We're going to talk about the emotional side of subdrop and what happens more in committed relationships. And, you know, I'll be an expert on two fronts. Okay. I'll be the therapist, which I am. And then I'll be the sub, which I am. So (laughs) let's talk about um, what subdrop is. So first, subdrops the body's response to all the endorphins and, and adrenaline that are created from intense play. So most of what you read online are the physical aspects of subdrop, fatigue, sadness, aches, pains, and recovery from marks. But what you don't read is the emotional impact of subdrop. So, um, and the subdrop that's emotional takes many forms and it's much more intense than just the fatigue, even though you can have the fatigue. Um, and if you don't take care of it, you can go into depression just from one play session. So it's especially important for people who already have, um, uh, genetic predisposition towards depression or already have mental illness issues because uh, it can exacerbate it. Because a lot of times, and tell me if I'm wrong, because mm-hmm. I usually am. <laughs> Stop. It releases a lot of dopamine. And dopamine is the love chemical, correct? It's what makes you feel like you're in love. It's the do- oxytocin is oxytocin. what makes you feel like you're okay. in love. And dopamine is what makes you feel like you're on cocaine. Right. Yeah. So you get a flood of dopamine. Yes. And then when you come down, your body stops creating that dopamine, which gives you that depressed feeling. Right. Um, adrenaline, oxytocin, dopamine. Yes, yes. Um, it takes time to rebuild the balance of hormones back into your system. Because right. you do. You get such a massive surge of it. Mm-hmm. That's why you're just on like that. Just like if you're doing cocaine. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, you're just on this high, and, and it's a natural high, but... It, it's an unnatural amount at once. Right. Yeah. But oxytocin is released too. All those yes. chemicals are. Yes. So that's the one that makes you feel an attachment to the person. Exactly. And then when the person goes away, that can create that, that feeling emptiness. of depression too. Because right. you don't have what was created. We associate things and events to feelings. Mm-hmm. So we associate that person to the influx of the dopamine and the and the oxytocin and everything else, and they're not there. So we feel like we're missing the person when what we're really missing is the feelings that we were having. 
I think both. Yeah. Yeah. I think the feelings that you were having, you know, with the chemicals, but also if that person is around, um, you'll still have oxytocin being created in your system. Right. Um, so sometimes but, having that person around, just having them there will make the sub drop easier. Much easier. Because yeah. you're still getting a flood of those at a, at a smaller amount. You're still getting those chemicals. Yeah, it's still calming. Mm-hmm. Having the other person around, yeah, is a connecting, calming feeling. Right. So my question is, <laughs> that was a long lead up to the question. That right? was, that was. <laughs> In a committed relationship, because that's what we're talking about, mm-hmm. do you feel like maybe the reason that the sub drop is harder or it's a bigger drop is because that person goes away and goes to work or goes and does something and they're not there for you? And now it's not just I had this play session with this person and I felt good and I and I know understand what's happening. This is my this is my person that's not here. It's it's my person that's not here. And when you have an intimate connection with someone and you do an intense scene, the intimacy creates intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then when the person is not there, um, or not just not there, but if they're not, um, being active in the aftercare process, then then that's a little apathetic. Right, right, right. Then that can feel, um, it can feel like you're devalued, um, I mean, it just hurts worse, mm-hmm. you know. It's almost like a betrayal. Because we did a scene today, but it wasn't normal. We weren't in the dungeon. We didn't have a lot of whips. I pulled out the flog at the end, but it didn't hit you hard. Right. But it was very, you described it as very intense. It was very intense. Even though we didn't do the things that we would normally do that we consider intense, the, the interaction was very intense. Well, I've never um, experienced... Um, Someone bringing me so close to orgasm and then stopping. You know, I've had someone say, no, you can't come. And so I have to hold it. Right. But We've you would bring me right to the point and then you would stop. And you did that for a long time. Right. Because before I would just continue stimulating until you know. And you know you're still going to get the orgasm. Right. Eventually. Right. Today, I just said no and stopped completely and didn't touch you anymore. Right. And you was pissing you off. It was <laughs> really pissing me off. Yeah, yeah, we did that about seven or eight times, right? Yes, if not more. And you didn't know if I was going to let you come or not. Right. And that's what was pissing you off. Right. You're like, how the fuck are you going to bring me right there? right when? Because I could tell right when she was going to ask, may I come? And I would stop right before she'd ask. And just look at her and be like, nope. Right. <laughs> so why did you feel compelled to do this? Because edging is fun. Yeah, of course. But for you. Well, I had to teach her a lesson. She was being a little bratty today. Oh. She she was naked all day and wanted attention. So I, you know, put my foot in her crotch. And she said, I, 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 I don't want to rub against your foot to make myself come. She wanted me to do it. <laughs> I said, oh, well, I think maybe you should rub against my foot and make yourself come. And she wouldn't do it. So I'd start rubbing it. Right until she was about to come, and then I would stop just to see if she was going to rub right. it or not. Right, he was she edging. Wouldn't, she wouldn't rub it. She was trying to be hard-headed. So I would do it again, and then she'd be hard-headed and wouldn't rub it. And she would not rub her own pussy today because she wanted me to make her come, and she was being hard-headed. 
Well, I said so, I was trying to be... Okay. So then I got some more tools. <laughs> I got the little vibrating wand she likes, and I stuck it on her pussy right until she was about to come and made her stop. And then I got a rubber ducky toy she loves so much. Which is so fucking intense. And then we stopped. Oh, my God. And I told her, I said, next time I tell you to rub one out, fucking rub one out, won't you? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and then I made her come so hard that she begged to stop. And I said, All right. no, this is called forced orgasm. Because before it was like, you had never begged to, to stop. You begged. Yes, I did. Yeah, we didn't stop, though, did we? No. It was <laughs> she, pretty intense. She didn't want to make herself come, and then she wanted me to stop making her come. I was like, no, you don't get your cake and eat it, too. You don't. Mm-mm. <laughs> Either you come or you don't. Right. <laughs> okay, but some drop though. Right, right, <laughs> right. Come back. So that was she's, she's so imagining intense. in her head she's about to come again. That, that so so yes so I did go into subspace and um and couldn't think very well. And you wanted me to go and get dressed so that we could leave. And I didn't know what to do. No, she didn't. She had no idea what to do. So I told her she had 30 seconds. So I was going to make her come again. And then 10 seconds later, I came and made her come again. She said, you said 30 seconds. I said, well, yeah, but we spent 20 seconds of it talking about it. (laughs) (laughs) And so she was, when she came, and then she was scared because she didn't know what to do. Because I said, now you have 30 seconds again. Hurry the fuck up. And she just stood there for a minute and didn't know what to do. But how did you help bring me down? Okay, so... Because I needed to I needed to come back. I just couldn't... I couldn't bring myself back. No, you were gone. Right. She was... She didn't know up from down. She couldn't even understand what I was saying to her. No. I asked her if she could hear the geese outside, and she said, Gee? Geez? <laughs> what? Gee? <laughs> Gee, like a Japanese she word? She thought we were talking Gee? about karate. No, the geese outside. (laughs) So she was in the bedroom, still shaking a little bit, just completely gone. I came up behind her, I put my hand on her chest and pressed against her heart. Right. Because she knows that's, she knows that means it's time to come back. Right. And then I just held her there against me until our breathing matched and her whole body just relaxed and all the tension was gone. And then she looked up at me. She was fine. Yeah. So he can do that. He can just um, put his hand on my chest, and and there's a pressure there. And the way he looks me in the eyes will um, bring me back to the present moment. So if we're doing sensual domination, and he's catching me on fire or lighting me on fire, then he'll do that to bring me back. Yeah. Well, she's on the table. I put my hand on the chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so coming back from subspace, hearing his words, you know, hearing his voice, and then having him touch me and slow me down um, is great aftercare, immediate aftercare for me. And then there are things, you know, I had the experience of, um, we had played a couple of times, but we did a really long scene one night, and it started with, uh, flogging on the cross. I hit subspace then, but then it went to being on the table and um, and doing electrical stimulation and doing singing bowls. Mm-hmm. 
and we were fire. outside in we nature, but that was a big deal. Right, in the pool that had the fountain. Yeah. Um, and then you fought a lot to of, shut A lot of sensory me. stuff, and then, yeah, we fought. And <laughs> yeah, then it did. was two days later, um, at home, I had a massive sub-drop and just couldn't stop crying. And at first, I, I didn't know what was wrong, um, and I was taking a hot bath, and it hit me. Oh, my God, you're, you know, you're having a sub-drop. And and then you called me. Right, because at that point, we weren't in a relationship. Right. But, um, yeah, I called you to check on you. You said that phone call and just hearing my voice was more than anything else anybody had done for you. More than anything else. Right. Because, you know, sub-drop, I mean, there are things to do. Um, you know, there's... We'll get into aftercare kits later, but um, but it didn't matter what I did. The hot bath helped, but you talking to me, hearing your voice, just um, made it okay again. And why do you think that was? Why do you think it was my voice? Well, because I, I feel like we had a pretty intimate connection, um, you know, with the singing bowls and the fire. Uh, and the way you just looked at me, do you remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially with the singing balls. So you think it's like what we said before where you have this connection with somebody and you associate the experience with that person and then that person's gone. Right, so because that I, person took care of you. Right. So then when you hear heard my voice, you realized I wasn't gone. I was still here. Right. And that I was still going to take care of you. You were still going to take care of So it was a psychological aftercare. It really was, yeah. yeah. I always think it's almost like you're hypnotizing someone. You know, it's like they're disconnecting in such a sense that, you know, they're losing touch of reality right. on a lot of different levels. And then when you're using that person and then the person's actually conducting it, you know, I think you're it just intensifies it when you're actually emotionally connected to that person. It does. Yeah. And, you know, just when you say conducting it, it made me think of like um, a conductor for an orchestra. Yeah. And and just the relationship that the orchestra has with the conductor. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Because the dominant is really conducting. Very much so. So you like a fiddle, baby. Uh, God, you do, baby. We play sweet music together. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) But it is. We talk about that a lot. The reason BDSM works is because what we do to people elicits a response. And even we've talked about before, too, like farm animals. You use a whip on a farm animal because it elicits a certain response. And you know how to use it and you become skillful at it. Well, we do that to people, too. It's not we're whipping somebody because they're our slave and they didn't pick the cotton right. I'd rather right. hit a person than a poor little animal, but yes, right. yes. we get your point. <laughs> but we know we've practiced and we know how, what we're doing, and it's not just, oh, I'm hitting you with a flog, I'm hitting no. you with a whip. It's what we're saying and how we're saying it and how we're going into it. It's the music that's playing. It's the rhythm. It's the beat. Right. It's it's all those things brought together, and it is a skill. And this is the problem that I see this all the time, and I know you all have seen it, but it's when someone attempts to play with someone for the first time, mm-hmm. not know the person, 
thinking they're doing just a fun scene at a party. They're not being methodical about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not really thinking through anything. They're just right? hitting. They're, they're, just, they're hitting. just hitting. No and rhythm, no nothing. connection. Nothing. No checking in. No. Right. No mind fuckery. Nothing. you got to do the mind fuckery. You know, I, I don't get <laughs> I know, the mind fuckery is the best part. All right. You know, I think the, the sub in that sense, they want the connection. They want, you know, so much more. And the person who's wielding the weapon... You know, they don't realize how much power they have. Right. Because there's a difference between a submissive and just a sexual masochist. Because just a sexual masochist, um, that's not always about consent. And that can be pathological. Very much so. Just like a sexual sadist, you know, a true sexual sadist. That can be pathological. That's not necessarily about being a dominant. Very much so. Yeah. Right. And sometimes it's not role play anymore. It's not a no. game anymore. No, it's not it's a real. game to them. Yeah. No. Like right. rapists and serial killers. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's why it's, it's real. not consensual. <laughs> it's not consensual. It's, yeah. Yes. We're not playing anymore. This is real. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not something we want to do in the community. No. Yeah. We don't condone actual rape. No. no. Just pretend rape. Yeah. <laughs> Just consensual non-consent. That's right. Both parties agree. I want to be raped this way. By a dragon. Be raped by a dragon. By a dragon, baby. <laughs> Light your dick on fire and stick it in the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't that be awesome? Yes, yeah, she actually wants me to light my dick on fire and stick inside of her. I just have to learn how to be fast enough so it won't To put burn it out me. before, yeah. you know, yes. I lose my dick. It could be done. It could be done. I've seen pictures on FetLife. Yes, it could be done. Go for it. <laughs> All right, so two reasons it happens more in committed relationships. You want to read oh, you want me to read? First one, and I, that's the second one. I, I don't know how to read. <laughs> Those that are in casual play relationships tend to have not as many drop issues as those in committed relationships. The reason for this is twofold. First, casual relationships don't have the same element of intimacy. This God, intim- I said that, didn't right, I? Right, you did. <laughs> like you read this. Yes, I was smart. <laughs> the intimacy can cause issues with boundaries and love that when the play is over, the submissive can question the validity of those feelings. Right. But once the headspace is over, the question can bring emotions of sadness, questioning, disbelief. These are all normal. Second reason, committed relationships is that limits are tested more frequently and the play can be edgier. Casual, casual relationships tend to not be able to develop the trust and history necessary to test boundaries as easily. You can still have feelings of disbelief or even feelings that can't you can't believe you like something, you perverted, kinky, dirty fuck. <laughs> is that what it says? <laughs> well, I added fuck at the end. Okay. It's, it says, you can't believe you like something so perverted, kinky, or dirty. Right. So I added, you perverted, kinky fuck. <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> isn't that what you say to me all the time? You you're are. You're so nasty. You're a dirty little whore. <laughs> <laughs> you're my dirty little whore. You do slutty, slutty things to me. <laughs> Oh, and you let me do fucked up shit to you. I do. Yeah, you do. And then you wake up thinking, oh my God, I'm so dirty. I'm so perverted and kinky. And this is the best night ever. kiss you and say, that's the way I like it. Yes. And then you feel better. I do feel better. 
<laughs> so I like that, you know, when it talks about the first reason that, um, <laughs> yeah, the lack of intimacy. But if you've been in a committed relationship for any amount of time, um, no, that's not what it says. When the play is over, the submissive can question the validity of those feelings. So boundaries are an issue in a casual relationship. And then, you know, you think that you're putting your trust in someone and and they give off these vibes that they really like you and want to take care of you. But really, they're just doing a fucking scene. And when they're done with you, they're done. And they go on to something else, you know, or, or they go on and do another scene with somebody. And you're just the fucking sub that just got marked up um, that is naked and you're alone. Right. And no matter how you slice it. A scene, even if it's the first time, is an intimate experience with someone else. Right. You're doing things it to is. somebody. It's supposed to be. That normally you wouldn't do with someone. Right. So there is an intimacy to it. And then when you just walk away and pretend like you didn't have this intimate experience with somebody, that fucks with people's heads. It does. It fucks with the dom's head, too. You know. Really? Sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Like, we just had this intimate experience. I want to play again. And they're just like, oh, yeah, that was great. I'll and then they never talk to you again. It's like, oh, well, shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it, can, it goes both ways. You know, I, so often we see people walk around nude. Right. You know, to me, even that is intimate. But a lot of people just disregard it as, oh, I'm being carefree and, you know, fun. Mm, it's pretty vulnerable. And it, it is. Right. To me, that makes you very vulnerable. You know, and yeah. a lot of people don't see it for that. Mm-mm. And to me, when you're you're bearing your all to everyone and then doing a scene with someone, you're really, you know, just kind of opening yourself to things, you know, that maybe you don't realize sometimes. You are. And, you know, I'm an exhibitionist. So, I mean, I enjoy getting naked in front of people. But, if you know, if the scene is over, I mean, there's a vulnerability there that, you know, I, I want something to cover me up. Yeah. You know, even if it's just, um, you know, a sheer robe, it's just something that says, okay, the scene has ended. You don't have to be vulnerable in front of this crowd of people anymore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, too, it talked a lot about when you are in a committed relationship, you push boundaries more. <sighs> so we talked about this last week on one of the episodes. When I'm doing a scene with somebody and we're just doing a scene, I don't ask them a lot of questions. What are your boundaries for today? Where do you want to go? And we're not going to push a whole lot. Right. We're going to do a little bit of impact play. We might do, if I'm doing a fire scene, is it okay to touch you here? Is it okay? Where is it not okay to touch you? Mm-hmm. Would you like to come? Um, is it okay to kiss? Is oral okay? Penetration okay? Like the basic questions, what do you want out of the scene? And we don't push a whole lot. No. For the sub, you know, it might be their first fire scene and that that is pushing the limit for them. But for us, I asked you a lot of in-depth questions, mm-hmm. and I asked you to rank them and tell me which ones were soft limits, which ones are hard limits, where do you want to push? So we push things, like breath play for you is right. a big deal. And we go slowly and we push. Right. We do push, but we do it in a way that's that you feel safe when we do it. Because it's it's one of my trauma triggers, right. and it's one of the last 
the last things that, that I've worked on. It's something you want to work on. Right. But we're going to take it slow because we negotiate it. But we push a lot harder in a lot of areas than we would if it was just the first night on the diving board and I have some fire and I'm rubbing your right. tits. Right. And kissing you and you thought my mouth was going to taste like gasoline. And it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> I was so grateful. But we didn't push a whole lot that night. No. We had fun. We had fun. But we push a lot more now than we did then. We pushed a lot more today. Right. <laughs> I mean, that was pushing. Yeah. So definitely, you, I think you're going to have a, a bigger sub drop because you have more intense scenes with someone that you that you play with often and you have that connection. And well, trust and, is built. And, and I think also... Yeah, you do things that you've never done. You get in positions. You open up places that maybe, if, you know. You what, what did you, you say to me when you, you were <laughs> you were taking over for the night? And you had me bent over in the bed with my ass in the air, ready to put shit in my ass. What, what the fuck goes on in your room? <laughs> <laughs> what did you say to me? Obviously you something said, else. You consented to this. I said, when? And what did you say? Um... When, when you cleaned your butt out. When I cleaned it out, I, I consented to this. You did some fucked up shit to me. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody else has ever done. Because we're in a relationship and I trust you. Yeah. And it was fun. And, and it was a big deal for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we did butt stuff. Right after she came up here earlier that night and pushed my head into the floor and made me lick pretzels off the floor in front of you. That was great. But I got mad that you laughed, didn't I? <laughs> she got so mad. She was like, you challenged me in front of me and now you're laughing. Eat the pretzels, bitch. <laughs> You're making me do this and to he, you. You're making me do this. And, <laughs> and then she we just got meaner you. and meaner. And then we stepped on you. And then I laughed harder and harder. I we know. were doing butt stuff, and I couldn't stop you laughing. <laughs> she put shit in my ass. I'm just getting right? dying laughing. <laughs> well, I spoke with my son Because that's my trauma response. You're doing traumatic things in my butthole, and I'm laughing. I understand. Okay. I, I didn't in the moment. <laughs> Liar. You're not even. Okay, I understood, but I was pissed because <laughs> I couldn't fix it in the moment. I was talking she about... She should have gagged me. I was That's talking, what would have done. Would you shut See? <laughs> I was talking to myself today, and he reminded me of a scene that we did where he was handcuffed up to the wall, hmm. and I put on this, this blow-up gas mask. It was... I shouldn't even say it's, it's not really gas mask per se, but it was an expandable blow up like balloon uh, oh, mask. Okay. And, you know, it's all in latex and everything else. So it has oh one, one casing, you know, around his face and then another one that you blow up. Well, it only had one tube. Well, this was brand new at the time. And so we only used it maybe two or three times before. And so it was one of those weekends that we, we had the whole weekend. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to bound you up to the bed. You can't move. I'm going to put the hood on you. I'm going to blow it all the way up. Oh, and I'm going to go make some breakfast. <laughs> and so what I did... Um, he didn't, he, at some point, the tube actually slipped out of his mouth. Uh -huh. So then he couldn't get air. 
And all I heard was him pounding on the wall with his head. Oh, shit. And and I was a good, you know, 100 plus feet away. And the other side of the wall was this big mirror. And I was like, he's rattling my mirror, you know. (laughs) And we just started seeing each other. So it hadn't even been, you know, probably four or five months at this point. So I go in there. I'm like, what the fuck is your problem? You're going to break my mirror. And he's like, and so needless needless to say, I unzip the hood. And I'm stumbling over my words because I'm fucking exhausted, mind you. But, But I took the hood off and I said, what the fuck? You almost broke my mirror. It was almost coming off the wall. He's like, I couldn't breathe. I'm like, get the fuck over it. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Hence, you wanted something to restrict breathing. But... (laughs) Get over it. Get over it. Thank you for the aftercare, miss. Exactly. (laughs) And so, you know, that was, you know, nine years ago. Well, now... Of course, for aftercare, it's, oh, you stopped my breathing. Oh, okay. (laughs) And then afterwards, it's like, come cuddle with me. I'm like, what the fuck has happened? (laughs) All you have to do is give him a nice furry blanket. It wouldn't be good enough, honestly. I know. I think he wants my boobs in his face and, you know, patting on his back. (laughs) You know, the warmth of a body that's right there that tells you that you're safe. Yeah. Yeah. That's Leaky a big subs. thing. Yes. Oh, come on. <laughs> we went through a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> for your pleasure, too, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> I almost died for you. Fucking give me a hug. <laughs> right? <laughs> Cuddle me. <laughs> <laughs> so, please continue. Okay. Well, um, one of the things that the article talks about um, is that the emotions that can come up still need to be addressed. Oh, so, you know, we can't just say, you know, these are the feelings that I have, but it's okay. It's sub drop and just negate the seriousness of the feelings. So you have to look at um, if you're afraid. So why are you afraid? What are you afraid of? Yeah. Um, you know, if you're looking So, like I said, if Master John puts his hand on my chest, just feeling his body makes me feel safe. And so why do I need to feel safe? Because I have a trauma history um, and it was extremely intense and I wasn't able to pull myself back and and I needed him. So and that's not always the answer. The answer is the Dom needs to pay attention to what's happening. Absolutely. And give them what they need. Because I don't always have to do that. No, you don't. Sometimes I bring you back with singing bowls. Sometimes I give you a bottle of water. Right. Just It just depends. Sometimes you just cuddle and kiss me and we're okay. Sometimes you sit na- naked on the couch and me talking to me and you need me to look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me when I talk to you. No, acknowledge, acknowledge that I'm speaking. Acknowledge that you heard me. And then I repeat verbatim what you said, and it makes you happy. Yes, but you didn't acknowledge <laughs> me when I said it. That's what I was looking for. I acknowledged it on your and pussy now I sound whiny. I? Yes, you did. Yes. Our Brits are going to be like, what the fuck? These fucking wankers. <laughs> They're fucking feelings. Fuck your feelings. <laughs> 
sauce. Who wants a whiny sub? Who wants a whiny bitch sub? Me. Thank you. <laughs> oh, good girl. So, <laughs> what is it about being told that you're a good girl that, that helps with your aftercare? Oh. I have some ideas, but I want to hear yours. Okay. Um, the things that just pop into my mind are um, I did something that pleased you. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I just went through, um, <coughs> I, I did a good job. I did a good job of bearing it or um, going through it and turning it into pleasure or um, did something that made you happy, you know, like made you come that made you happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Making me come usually is a good sign that I'm happy. Yes. <laughs> and so I feel powerful when I do that. Mm-hmm. Because we read text messages at the beginning right. and I called you a good girl and you said your stomach flipped. It what? does. It just... I don't really, I, I really, I'm not sure why. Well, what you said is a lot what I was going to say. I just submitted to you and did all of these things. And the fact that you said that I did a good job and called me a good girl means that it was worth it. Right. I didn't just do it and it was meaningless. You actually appreciated what I was doing for you. That's I'm- it. I was going to say, I have, I have a suggestion on that too. Could it just be that you maybe think that you need a, um, a reaffirmation to say, I'm good enough? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's very validating. Yeah. So, you know, if I have, um, insecurities about, um, being able to please him or, um, or be sexy enough, that he enjoys watching or, you know, any insecurities that go along with it. And he says, good girl, then it takes those insecurities away. It's pretty affirming. So we haven't talked about love languages a lot on here. And I know a lot of people have a lot of opinions about love languages, good and bad, but I feel like it's important, even if you don't agree with the whole concept to know what your sub needs. What makes them feel appreciated? What makes them feel loved? So I'm going to just go ahead and guess that your love language is probably words of affirmation and touch. Correct. You know, along with maybe um, gifts, not so much, Mm -mm. but physical touch, words of affirmation, and quality time. Quality time. Right. And those are the things that I try to give you when we're done. I tell you, you did a good job. Put my hand on your chest, let you know I'm there. The closeness brings in the quality time. More so than maybe gifts or acts of service. Right. Gifts and acts of service. You like to do acts of service for me. Right. As part of your submission. But you know that my love language is also touch and quality time. Right. Well, yours is touch and words of affirmation. Right. How do I know that? Because I watch you when I... To say good girl, it really does something to you. Mm-hmm. Her little I, eyes light up. They do. <laughs> Twinkle. Right. But mm-hmm. she wants to be touched, too. And touch doesn't... A lot of people think, oh, well, everybody likes to have sex. Touch isn't about sex. No. It's about putting your hand on their knee or holding their hand or 
giving them a hug, just letting you know that you're there. The it's, physical it's an closeness. exchange of energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's important. I think we're going to talk about subdrop. It's important to talk about love languages because everybody's going to need something else. If somebody needs words of affirmation and gifts, and that's what makes them feel loved, give them a stuffed animal at the end if that's what they like. Give them a, a blanket. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be something permanent that you're giving them. Just give them an object. Or if it's acts of service, do something for them. Go go make them lunch. Right. Go do some, you know, rub their feet. Or brush their hair. Yeah, you like that one. I do. <laughs> I do. That's But that's huge. quality time and touch. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, understand each other. And that's going to be a big component of any type of play. And int- anytime you're intimate with someone, is to understand each other and what they need. Well, and it's great. It's great aftercare also. Mm-hmm. You know, and remember... Um, I'm you know, grabbing I your had, butt right now. I know, baby. It feels good. <laughs> I had um, a really bad day, um, a really emotional day. And I came home from work, and I was upset. And you put everything down that was in your hands, and you just came up and you just held me. And you didn't say anything. You just held me and let me cry, let me be upset. And then you went and drew a bath. Mm-hmm. And, and took a bath with me and washed my hair. And Right. And you didn't have to tell me you had a bad day. I could feel it. Yeah. Another day you came home, and I just... You started to talk to me. I didn't say I love you, nothing. I just said, get in the position. (laughs) You got in the position said, no, do it right. Take your clothes off and get in the position. And you were, you know, it had been a long day. And I had to remind you a couple times what the position was. No, go get your collar. Get in the fucking position. (laughs) And that brought her out of that, that, her day, and brought her into a space where she could Help me to switch. Let go. Yes. Do the line from... I'm sorry, go ahead. (laughs) And not have to make any decisions, not have to be in charge of anything. She's home and she's safe now. I'm going to take care of everything now. I was going to say, do the line from Animal House. Assume the position. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he said, actually. I did. There was one night I said, I made her say, thank you, sir, may I have another... (laughs) I thought of you. <laughs> <laughs> she's like she had an orgasm. She's like, "Thank you, sir. May I have another?" And when she really wanted to say, "Stop." <laughs> oh. So there are different ways we can address the emotions that come up, and one way, and I suggest this to patients all the time, not just for subdrop, but for so many things. One of the most therapeutic tools is having a journal. And I believe wholeheartedly in having a submissive journal. And a submissive journal is good for, you know, writing down things that you're not supposed to forget that your master has asked you to do. Or, um, you know, writing out your experiences, putting your feelings down so that they don't get bottled up. We don't do feelings here. Fuck your feelings. Fuck your feelings. Well, that's why you need a submissive journal (laughs) so that you can at least get them out. Um, You can talk about them, communicate with your partner. So I can tell you, you know, I feel sad and this is why I'm feeling sad or I wonder if this is, you know, or maybe we can talk about why. Why do you think I'm feeling so sad? No, because I was at work all day. I know, and I don't like that when I'm at home. 
Uh, Your feelings don't have to be rational. They don't have to be accurate. They don't have to be logical. It's just about expressing them and and somebody validating them. Um, There are things, remember you asked me, do you have any dark chocolate? Mm -hmm. And why'd you ask me that? Because dark chocolate releases chemicals in your brain. Mm -hmm. Serotonin, things that help bring those levels back up so you don't drop as hard as quickly. Right. So you're artificially creating those chemicals in your head, in your in your, your head, in your brain, your brain chemistry. Right. So that's a good thing to have in an aftercare kit. Right. What does it mean when you want chocolate all the time? <laughs> <laughs> chocolate relieves <laughs> oxytocin, oxytocin too. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're in love. People eat chocolate because it releases the love. Well, I'm in love with chocolate. That would be appropriate. There are a lot of us that are. Yes. yes. And and it really does. um, It helps with depression and loneliness. Dark chocolate. Yeah. I'm never lonely because I know I always have friends yeah. when I have and plenty yeah. of packages of chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> you know, we all want to come around and, you know, exactly. Mia has and, chocolate. Right. And this isn't for you, but for the listeners, you know, yes. we, I've said it before. I've been in the room, crowded room before, and it's been my event that I put on 200 people and still felt like I was alone. You know, I, I've had friends before. I've been in crowds of people and still felt alone, even though I was surrounded by people. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, you know, that can be a real thing. Loneliness, no matter how many friends you have. And a lot of that can be brain chemistry. Right. Right. Well, and I, was, I have anxiety when I shouldn't, you know. When you shouldn't? When I shouldn't. There's, there's been a lot of times. Well, it's not necessarily the best word because you have anxiety when you would think that you wouldn't, right. but not I have, you shouldn't. I have extreme social anxiety, yeah. even though you know I'm around people all the time. We put on these big parties. We do the podcast, and people are like, oh, you must be so popular. No, I usually go and hide. Well, you, there's a reason you have social anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So you're fucking awesome. I know. Yes. I, I mean, know. God. But I, like seriously. And I look at people. I'm like, how do they get out and get girls and do this? And I'm just like, I'm fucking awesome. How come I can't? I found you though, baby. Okay, I was yeah. gonna say. <laughs> Shit. My Bessie came through on that one. <laughs> I know. And so you have Before, a pretty hot I don't, fucking sock. I don't, don't feel you? that way anymore. Thank you. I, you know, you're the shit, man. I am exactly. the shit. Sometimes, and I when I'm like with shit. you, I expect you to walk into a room <laughs> like you're the shit. We did last night. That's right. Because <laughs> you know, who do you have that's colored me? Right. The only uh, anxiety you need is going in and having a bowel movement, John. <laughs> I should that's probably, it. I should probably have more anxiety when I start breathing fire, lighting things on fire. <laughs> But I don't. I feel calm you when feel I do that. You feel very calm. Yeah. Like, let's light this bitch up. <laughs> <laughs> but if I have to talk to a human being, I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> don't fuck this up, John. Don't fuck this up. <laughs> That's when you need to say in your mind, I am the shit. I'm fucking awesome. Earn it. Know it. Believe it. Right. It's, it's true. It's affirming yourself. Well, I did it to Misty the first time. You know, first couple times we played, I'm just thinking to myself, "Don't fuck this up, don't don't light her on fire for real." 
Don't make her mad. <laughs> Just make her come. She'll come back. Just make her come. Make her come. <laughs> <laughs> that worked, didn't it? <laughs> so the first couple times we played, I made you scream in yes, front of some people. Did. I made her come. Yeah. Because I wanted her to come back. Yeah. Like, don't fuck this up, John. Make her come. Make her come. Make her come. <laughs> God, it was great. <laughs> and remember when you... I uh, forget what, what night it was... But we were in the dungeon, and, and you asked me, do you want to come in front of all these people? Oh, yeah. You were on the spank bench. Right, right. And I was, oh, I was sitting there with the flogger horde mm-hmm. and, with the, and the dragon tail. And then I would, she wouldn't even know. I had stuff in both hands. Right. So I had the vibrator in one hand and the whip in the other hand. So I put the vibrator on her right until she's about to come. And I can see her squirming. She's about to scream. And I pull it away and hit her. Right in that moment when I pulled away, I hit her with the flogger, and she would go fucking wild and do that for a while until she's about to come. And then I'd stop and put the vibrator on her. God, she was screaming in front of everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, it was great. Now that we're all getting all amorous and excited, I know. I'm tired of talking about it now. (laughs) (laughs) Go home. And the aftercare was giving you a phone call in a couple days and making sure you're okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. I have to change out my my couch blanket quite often. <laughs> <laughs> that make I have to line the couch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we have a party coming up Saturday. You want to scream in front of everybody? Yes, please. Okay. We're gonna make that shit happen. <laughs> All right. She screamed in the living room today. We had to go check, make sure the neighbor wasn't home. Yeah, had to cover my mouth. But that. Was, <laughs> but I couldn't help it. No, you couldn't. Oh, wow. Put a sock in her mouth with duct tape. Yeah, that'd be fucking hot. Great. Shut your whole mouth, girl. (laughs) Fucking slut. That's right. Suck on my sock. Oh. She's going to need aftercare after this episode. I bet she will. You're such a good girl, baby. I'll journal all about it. Thank you, baby. (laughs) All right. Well, until next time, make all your good girl fantasies become realities. (laughs) 